Good evening, everybody. Today we have another fireside chat with two panelists who I'm very pleased that we were able to get to talk to you all. We are joined by Giannis, who is the CEO and co-founder of Hyperjob. And essentially the way I understood it, it's revolutionizing the HR industry. It's basically bringing job postings to life rather than just applying to a, a hyperlink. He makes you a, a basically a micro page. Hopefully, I'm getting this correct, Giannis. Yeah, that's and basically it also uses. Yeah, this is what I got from your 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 deck. So let's see if I did it correctly. Using AI to evaluate LinkedIn profiles as well. So Giannis is going to talk a bit about his fundraising journey. He's recently raised um, some money from VCs and, and investors. We're also joined by Husam, who is based in Denmark. And he's the CEO and co-founder of Voice Hero, a very interesting company. It, it uh, pivoted a bit, but essentially it is um, a way for municipalities to better manage their waste management platform, something that is a problem that is never going to go away. Everybody's going to make waste forever and ever. So it's a great problem to tackle, huge TAM, huge global uh, market to go after. So Hussam, thank you for joining us as well. I know you've also recently raised and can share a lot of information about the environment that, that's going on right now. Um, okay, so there's a there's about 60 to 70 or even more startups in the audience right now, and they're all mostly first-time founders or, or very early in their journey on in, in startup land. And many of them, this is their first time raising money, right? Um, and the companies involved in the audience span a wide gamut of industries. We got B2B, B2C, just to give you a, a, an idea of who's in the audience, we have a VR platform for veterinarians to help plan their surgeries in VR before going in. We've got a hardware startup that makes a glove for gamers to improve performance, reduce injuries. And we've also got a B2B SaaS, many of them. Uh, there's one that does global e-invoicing software. So there's so many of these kind of companies in the, in the batch right now. So maybe, Giannis, we can start with you. I mean, what when, when you started doing your fundraising efforts early on, um, how did you go about identifying the right VCs to get after um, and and any specific tactics that worked for you well early on? Um, yeah, sure. So maybe I'll give a bit of a context of where we were. Um, so yeah, the pre-seed that we raised, uh, it was intended to be a 400K euro round. Um, and we were starting to raise in February, 2022, like uh, kind of March, 2022. And um the way we were thinking about this is that we were at that stage quite early. So for us, we were in the angel investor, like pre-seed territory, firmly pre-seed. And um, we were looking then, uh, at, we actually started with angels, um, mostly in the region uh, through our own networks. Um, then going to VCs that were in our network and we're doing like pre-seed investments. And then expanding kind of from our region outwards. It was a long journey. Uh, and if I go into more detail, I will. It's going to be a group therapy session. It wasn't easy, but that was the kind of idea. Like start with your own networks, look for the best matches, um, and then go outwards from there as you're trying to kind of tackle the market. It's a great way to put it. I mean, many times we don't realize how many investors we have in our own network or even friends or friends, right? So Hussam, I know you're an excellent networker. Maybe you can share how you got started on, on your fundraising journey and, and the tactics you used early on. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to share the tactics that <laughs> early on because I think they, they're a lot more refined. So I'd rather maybe share the, the ones that, that I think are most appropriate. Sure. Um, I mean, the way that we do it today uh, is, is uh, I think, um, so So if you look at, at, at one thing I learned is that, that uh, these investors, they actually have their own investors, right? So they they found some limited partners can be you know big corporate firms or banks or pension funds, and and they went to these guys and they raised money from them, and uh, when they raised money from them, they they promised them uh, to invest in certain companies, right? Uh, so they have this uh, limit that they can invest within. So they go and say, well, I'm gonna invest in. A hardware AI companies or in you know uh, companies in US or in Europe so they have this mandate and I think that's very important to learn from early on uh, that when you uh, when you spend your time talking to uh, some investor uh, you should know what uh, mandate they have uh, because sometimes although they like you as a person and as a company they they can go out uh, without their mandate so so when you start learning about that the that that mandate, then you have a lot of uh, search tools to to find and screen these different investors. We use uh, Crunchbase. Uh, we use uh, we go to different events such as such as Slush or Web Summit or uh, I'm going to one in in Poland, Urban Tech Forward, uh, and then we actually spend some time researching uh, these potential investors' uh, fund theme, and then we evaluate how well they're matched for us. And that's kind of the first step, I would say, to answer your question to us, is, is we start by identifying them uh, as such. And of course, I agree with uh, with Janice. Of course, it depends on which stage you're at. So, so if, if you are at, um, at an angel stage, then definitely I would research in potential angels in my, you know, in my area that have invested in similar companies or have done some previous you know, have some interest in, in the space that I work in um, to heighten the chance of them being interesting, interested uh, in the company. You highlighted a very important point that a lot of the uh, batch were focusing on the importance of homework, right? Before you go to an investor, you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste their time on targeting investors who can't, for example, have a mandate to invest in a certain country or B2B instead of B2, you know, B2C. Um, maybe we can piggyback on that question. So, I mean, what steps do you do besides going on Crunchbase before you go to a VC meeting? For example, let's say you have a VC meeting tomorrow, right? And it's a first pitch. Take us through how you would prepare for something like that. Um, look, I, I, I think that's a good question. I think uh, what, what I learned is that those, so there's so many answers to that question because I don't think that you should necessarily just go and prepare a pitch to a random VC, uh, just like that. I think uh, there's two facets uh, that I do want to mention. Uh, if I were to meet with a VC tomorrow uh, and I've never talked to him before, I would uh, I would avoid pitching. I would I would get to know the person. I would make it feel very natural. Uh, you know, these guys get get a hundred pitches, right? And 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 uh, and. Uh, you know, sometimes you want to create a relationship so that they can follow you. Like imagine that you psychologically want someone to give you a bag of money, right? This is my bag of money. Here you go. This is, you know, $100,000 or a million dollars. They really need to trust you to do that, right? And so you can't, so the way to make them give you money 
is by building trust. So, mm -hmm. and the way that you do that is by creating a relationship where they follow you for some time because they have no way to trust you uh, unless they follow you. So, and with that said, I also say that I would never ask for money unless that's just my point of view, unless that I had, you know, I would ask a hundred people at once, right? So that I create competition at the same time. So, so that, that's another topic. Uh, maybe I can elaborate on that, but, but, but first meeting I would, I would, uh, I would, I would engage, create a relationship and would do that with a lot of different investors. And then I would schedule uh, in my mind uh, the right time in the future, you know, six months from now or nine months from now that I would raise money. And then I would, of course, tell this uh, particular investor that, look, this is what we do. You know, right now we build, we're going for, you know, XYZ milestones. We are planning to raise six months down the line. Uh, and then, and then okay. And then some of the milestones I'll mention, I'll make sure that we hit and I'll make sure to update this particular investor, you know, through newsletters uh for them to see oh actually th these guys are actually hitting some of the stuff that they're saying you know and then you know um and then you know uh, it, it's it's six months down the line uh I'll, I'll 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 let you know you know 10 20 50 uh, investors at the same time know that now i'm actually opening a round and then you know this round is gonna you know go for the next three weeks or four weeks something like that right yeah. and, and, and then and then i'll facilitate you know a, a call where they know this is now this is an actual pitch and I'll have a data room ready, uh, you know, in that span already prepared. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And following you for the last few years, I know you do a very good job of setting the pace for the investor to come to you, right. And, and mentor and nurturing that trust over many months, sometimes many years before they cut you a check. Now, another way we, we, we talked about doing that with the batch and, and I I'll flip this to Giannis for a second. I want to get his perspective is, you know, Hussam talked a lot about building trust before somebody gives you money. Giannis, one way we talked about it is de-risking how an investment looks for mm. an investor, right? So many times when you're pitching your startup, investors are looking for what are the major risks in this company? Is it the team? They have no former experience doing a startup. Is it the product? Is it something that's technically very difficult to do? Is it the market is not big enough, right? So many ways we talk about how can we de-risk an investment for an investor to, to cut the check, right? Hussam's mm -hmm. version is build trust and show them progress over time. Uh, what, what's your take on that? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, actually, maybe if I can first expand a bit on um, what Hussam said is uh, sure. trust building exercise. I actually recall that most of my first meetings with investor, the pitch deck was never there in the call. It's not a formal, let's okay, you know, let's start, set the timer, I have three minutes. People don't work that way. You know, you're supposed, it's it's about you as the founder and your passion, your ideas, and your ability to explain what the hell you're doing without pretty pictures in the background. And if you're not able to do that without the pictures, then, you know, that initial momentum is already kind of like, Mm, really so typically like these first like we would have a, a, a clear cadence where the first meeting is just me talking about the team asking questions about them sort of establishing this like first touch point and then it's like oh by the way do you have a deck to like send us a follow-up if of course i do <laughs> because they need to share something with the team right and then with the next uh you know calls they'll be like again uh, you kind of build on it right the next call would have like the entire co-founding team there's maybe like a more formal presentation, make like more thorough demo or something. So yeah, you kind of go step by step. But in terms of de-risking, um, well, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of <laughs> looking at 
the bottom, like the bad scenario and the really awesome scenario. You need, you need to have like a way where they think, oh, this is going to be super big, but also, and these are the reasons of they probably could fail and probably they won't. Um, you have to determine what are the selling points of your startup because everybody's different. Um, we were so early on, we did not have any metrics, like any real like traction metrics. Like there was some proof of concept, some paying customers. It was not like a systemic thing. And um, so it was like, okay, well, the team, we have a very, very strong team, I think. So I really emphasize that. Uh, and again, I did a casually in every meeting to kind of like explain that, yep, we've been working together for a long time on different projects. So these guys are not going to break up. Uh, there's somebody with an industry background. That's myself. I've done recruitment before. Uh, we, this is not the first business we're building, right? So really de-risking the team. Um, in terms of the market, uh, it was difficult for us to de-risk mostly because HR tech and recruitment tech is very crowded and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. So some some investors would basically say, nope, not for me. And I'm like, great, thank you for letting me know. We're not wasting each other's time. Um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and in terms of, uh, yeah, also the market swings, we were really caught up in a, in a really bad uh, situation because <laughs> our regional market kind of tanked. So I, you have to see what sells best, right? Like mm. if you have this kind of hockey stick traction, then the team is important, but like the market says important, but this might be the one that actually caught, catches somebody's eye, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a bit of like uh, thinking there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very useful. And I'm just going to say for the audience, if you have questions, put them in the chat. I'll work them into the, into the, uh, the fireside here. So you mentioned something really interesting there. So you have to see what sells, right? So that means you spoke to many, many, many investors over the last few months or maybe even year. Um, and obviously the vast majority said no, right? There's only a handful that will actually cut you a check. So, you know, a lot of us in the audience are, are first time founders. We haven't been exposed to such no, right? So much rejection so quickly. So talk us a bit and Hussam as well. I mean, you've also recently raised, I mean, talk us through the process of going out to so many investors, hearing their feedback, iterating, right? Because we have so many versions of the pitch deck that we make even after the, the first one we go out to market with, right? So my, my main concern is how do we make the no's hurt less and how do we use it to our advantage? Um, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I think I got, I don't know, we probably talked like just somewhere under 100 investors <laughs> and 95% or 98% were no's. So that's fun. <laughs> but um, I would say my lesson is from sales, right? You're basically selling the company the same way you're selling a product. So you need to be in a very kind of focused um, process driven point of view. So you need a CRM, like to manage all the relationships, you need to know what's going on um, with whom you've done what, and then it's just churning the meat, <laughs> literally, it's a funnel, right? So you know, you have to approach this many people, you have to meet with them. So you'll see, okay, like I'll, from my network, I'll get like, I know, uh, 20, 30 intros, uh, you work that network, right? It's not like, um, yeah, I hope that my previous investors will introduce me. And it's like, hey, man, can I go through your LinkedIn and look for leads and then send you warm intro emails to forward? Like, I'm going to do the work and then see like, okay, well, out of these uh, 30 intros, five people responded. Great. I got five meetings. Cool. 
Let's meet. Let's see whether we get to the second meeting. So it's all about that. So it's just a process. You have to do that. That's normal. It's similarly like, you know, getting customers, not everybody's going to buy and that's fine. It's nothing wrong with us. However, though, what I um, noticed is that when we started pitching, uh, we had a lot of questions that basically showed me that I was not getting the message across. I was not conveying um, why we're different, what the thinking is. And it's a great opportunity to kind of come back and reflect, like, you know, if they're asking the question, it's not because they're stupid. It's basically like, I am not getting the message across. Like I need to rethink. <laughs> so, um, and after actually like the way I saw this, like my, my process went from January till well in September, October, <laughs> every mm -hmm. time there'll be this mounting pressure on me it's like oh okay i think we need to change the deck and like after a month or so you have this like question 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 okay i need to rethink you rethink you go come back with the next version some of those questions are gone good move on right like again they mount up and you do another version so um it's kind of like that it's like this stepwise learning process and you just have yeah. to go it, it freaking sucks but like <laughs> you know um, yeah it you have more experience the more times you do it and, and the more connections you have there. But, but it's still difficult no matter how many times you've done it. Um, and I, I like to say very frequently that the best startups don't get funded. The best communicated startups get funded. So it's very important to communicate your value proposition, what you're doing, et cetera. Now, now Hussam, you've had a, a bit of a different way of, of approaching this because you, from Giannis's take, it's sort of like sales, right? You're selling your company to these investors. So applying sales terminology, you're nurturing leads with these newsletters, with these coffee meetings over many, many months, and then you start a process. Can you talk us a bit about how you do your process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I just have to say, just from the very get go, the first time I fundraised, uh, I had 200 no's. So it's tough mm -hmm. for everybody. <laughs> and you, and you've done it twice or thrice, right? Yeah, but we've done it uh, five times now. We raised five, five times. Months. Yeah. Okay. But 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 um but uh, lots of no's from the beginning. Not not so many now. And um and also we had two or three months of runway, extremely stressful uh conditions. You know this this was three four years ago. And 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 I think one way to combat that is to uh what I what, what we do now is to start early, start preparing. Don't, don't go in raise when you have almost no runway. Uh, start early and do the preparation. I also think that uh, something we experienced is that depending on your pitch, on your narrative, on the story that you tell, uh, you will get different responses. Um, you know, uh, I had around 60 Series A VC calls uh, back in May this year, and I made a huge mistake myself. The first 30, nobody wanted to take any next step call the last 30 every single one wanted to take a next step call so that just wow. means that you know depending on the narrative how you tweak it it matters a lot so one thing that i i i i know other founders do is that uh, you 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 put them in some tire tire one tire two tire three uh you know tire one is you know the guys that you want and you, that you know are most likely to invest and then you start with tire three and then you you pitch and then you refine you know and then you take a break, you reflect, and then you, because there will be some things that these VCs are looking for. I mean, you probably heard that, uh, you know, one out of 10 is a unicorn, you know, three will return some part of the fund back, six will will, will die. 
and they're just looking for some patterns, right? And and based on their steps, they need they, the guy behind the screen really needs to believe, or in the immediate person, that you are going to become a unicorn. They, they mm. actually, you actually need to, if you think that you're going to pitch a, or we're going to be a, you know, $200 million business, and you think, wow, that's just amazing, $200 million, right? And they, and they can hear you say that. They will just decline you. <laughs> you know, even some VCs said, we need to see you be $10 billion. So you need to reflect that in your pitch, in your narrative, in the way that you you actually present your company and 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 there's a there's a good uh, YC template. It's called YC Company Seed Deck. It has ten slides. Uh, it's a pretty good narrative. Uh, you know, there's ten points. You know, problem, solution, uh, etc. One one of my old mentors told uh, taught me that very early on that instead of starting doing the pitch deck right away, do these ten points and then write you know two lines next to each point. Right, it's like a script or a story. You know, the problem is, the solution is, the the market is, the the, the team is, and then read it like a story. See if it makes sense. If the story makes sense, there's a red thread, and then you start making slides, and and that's kind of how you you can create a very strong narrative. Uh, so don't start with the slides. Start with the narrative, and make sure that you know you present it to this tier three, to friends, family, etc. And and make sure that it's it's a unicorn story basically uh, to get these yeses and next steps. That's excellent. The importance of iteration and also tiering into A, B, and Cs. Right? You never want to start with the As because if you lose them early on, it's tough to come back to them. So starting with the friendlies, maybe even amongst your friends who are founders or, or they can help you refine the pitch, I think is extremely extremely useful. That's why this peer groups we're doing within within the batch will be very helpful. I just want to do maybe five more minutes of questions. And then I know you get, you both wanted to share your decks and show the journey of your pitch decks, which is, I think, um, very valuable for the audience to hear. Just one quick question for you, Sam. Given how many rounds you've done, and especially as you've gone on to, to Series A now, uh, all of the audience is Europe-based. Did you expand to non-European VCs or did you stick? How did you think about geographic expansion of, of VCs? Um, to be quite frank, we didn't put much thought from uh, in it. We we have raised from US based and uh, VCs, angels, say as Europe. Um, but but I really think it goes back to uh, to 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 actually qualifying the VCs from the get go. Like uh, one thing I didn't mention is in the first call, I would always ask questions to validate my research. Uh, mm. You know, are you is is this thesis that you guys have a match to to my company? Uh, do you have the mandate if we were to raise around, you know, six months from now to actually engage with us? And and I would base, you know, everything based on that. And and I would ask them questions like, well, can you tell me about if they're a US company, a VC, I would I would ask them, well, can you tell me how many European companies that you have invested in? Right. They might say they mandate it, but but they only have one and uh, over 10 years, then I would probably skip, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's important to qualify them as well to make sure you're not going to waste your time because it's so valuable running a company as a CEO and also trying to raise a lot of money. Now, I want to talk a bit about success because what we're talking about the arduous road and, and how difficult it can be. But 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 Giannis, you mentioned, you know, you received, I think, four or five yeses finally at the end to get the round. What do you think caused them to say yes to you and the mm. other 98% or whatever to say no? What, what was the tipping point, do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, so in the end, well, maybe actually you are answering this also answer uh, Darius's question about like, what about the nose? 
what we started to see actually, and that ties together with the, the geography question, is that when we are here in the Baltics, um, especially angels and VCs are like the Baltics are well connected to Scandinavia. So Northern Europe and CEE, those are like three regions that can like easily see the Baltics as their own. And it's like their backyard. The Germans, kind of. Some of the Brits, maybe. But once you go to like Southeast Europe, well, you need a warm intro. Uh, you need some sort of a connection because people are like, eh, we don't really, it's already like too far. Once you start talking to Portuguese, they're like, well, how did you, how did you find us? <laughs> What's going on? So that was our experience. Uh, the Americans, um, I have connections there. So again, warm intros, yes. Cold ones would be like, we like the idea, but we don't invest. So you need to qualify. And um, the no's also, a lot from them came, uh, again, in, in the pre-seed space, when you really pre-seed, it's actually a very narrow band of investors that, especially VCs, that want to invest in pre-seed. A lot of them say they're investing pre-seed, but it's kind of like what Hussam said, right? Like, uh, yeah, we do invest in Europe like once every decade. <laughs> so they will basically, once I saw that a, a, a pre-seed slash seed level investors started asking me for, hey, what's your LTV? Like, what's your CAC? What's your, you know, these seed level metrics? You basically kind of know that, yep, no, they're evaluating that you yourself as a seed company. That's what they do. They're good, really good at this. You need to be something crazy special. And I, apparently we're not. Um, I think what really, um, in the end, it's not like we had a choice of five investors. It was literally our lead VC, the only one, the only option, but actually, interestingly, the favorite one. Like, hmm. we started talking with them. Um, it, it's Smok uh, VC from uh, Poland and, and the US. We started talking with Boris, uh, I think, April, May. We met at Latitude. And then over time, we kept pinging each other. I would give him like little updates. I was really hoping that this would work out. And I, you know, there was also that question about this emotional connection. Um, at that point, um, like we were looking for somebody who's going to uh, be willing to make a bet on the people. Because at that early stage, uh, we it was not said that we're going to end up with this product. We're going to end up with this kind of market. Like a lot of things can change, but hey, these guys will build something cool. So I think that was the pitch. And I think that's how Boris invests. Like he's looking for people. And then of course, you know, the, the vision, everything. Um, so it kind of, we really hit it off. And um, over time, yeah, um, you know, we met again in uh, the uh, Pirate Summit in Cologne. Uh, we met uh, again in Bucharest in uh, How to Web. So we kept like pinging each other and meeting and bumping into each other and, uh, and it kind of like worked out. And then um, secondly, yeah, about the relationships, um, our, uh, one of our key angel investors uh, is the former like, co-founder and former CEO of uh, Printful, the Latvian unicorn. I knew him from my previous business. We kind of knew each other. So he, you know, after I was pitching at Milano uh, Tech Chill, he was like basically coming up to me. He's like, hey, I, I've seen you do shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this one, you know? And again, the trust is there, right? Like we have a, He's been following me for several years, right? So it was easier to get him on board. And then he made the very warm intro. We got the, the last angel on board. So all of these are very kind of personal connections. Yeah. And it's all about like the first, it was vote on me and my team more than right. I think the business uh, itself, just being very frank there. Yeah, that, that's uh, that goes hand in hand with my experiences personally. I mean, the earlier you are in your journey, the more it is about the team. So you need to build a personal relationship so they can trust you with money. And then once you have a product and revenue and customers, then they're investing more so in the business, still in the team, but 
a bit yeah. more so in, in the business. Absolutely. And, and so, I mean, you've gone through five of these things, no? So, I mean, I'm curious, has this changed a bit where the early days were all about who you and your co-founders were to give money from an investor? And now it's more about the metrics and growth. Like, how has the journey changed early, early on to, to now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also trying to uh, to tie myself from remember because it's it's actually two very very different journeys. Um, but 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 I'm trying to keep it as general as possible. But um, we we actually bootstrapped all the way to a seed VC. Uh, we were very good at 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 looking for, um, looking for for governmental funding, which is which is uh, great. Um, uh, but uh, but 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 definitely, the 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 further along you move, the more metrics driven it's going to become, and I think I would say that the easiest money you raise is is supposed to be the first money because <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's all based on a good story. Uh, I think you you should 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 actually really consider the fact that how far you can come with a good story <laughs> from early on. Right, so you don't actually need traction. I mean, I definitely focus on the business, but but focus focusing on story, the metrics that and the thing that you can become is what's going to get you the first capital. Yeah, and that goes exactly with what another panelist said a, a few weeks earlier: is the easiest money is the first money you raise because you're raising basically just on you. You don't really have to prove anything because it's just you and the team, and then then you have more metrics to hit and all of that. So. Uh, this is as easy as it gets, <laughs> and then it gets even even worse. But anyway, it's it's still a fun ride.